Well, hello, my friend, and welcome. Thank you for joining me. If you are a first-timer at this podcast, I am so happy that you chose to listen in. Thank you. And if you are a subscriber, welcome back. This is Life and Faith Chats podcast. This is the podcast where we use the Bible, the number one best-selling book in the world, to illuminate us and help us by us reading and examining the lives of biblical characters, their choices and decisions. And we look for lessons from biblical characters, from the word, and from the lives of people that will inform and help us to choose life so that we can walk wisely in the purpose that God designed for our lives. My name is Joy. We are continuing a conversation. This is part two with Dr. Joy Cooper, an OBGYN that practices in Oakland, California. She is also founder and CEO, co-founder of Our Culture Care. So join us for the chat. Perimenopause and menopause, the legacy years. Um, are there things that happen around 40 that I always, you know, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about are your fertility declines rapidly. And that's because, you know, women are born with all the eggs we will ever have. And, you know, by the time they're age 40, they will definitely, you know, be older. So they're not as, um, you don't have as many number of them, but also they're not as good quality because as they age, they, you know, the DNA is not, you know, breaking down the way you expect it to. So it's harder to have a, a normal, and I, I say normal loosely, but, you know, like normal chromosome number, all those different things, baby after 40. Um, that's at two at age 40 is when you want to start doing mammograms. So mammograms are uh, a way that we test for breast cancer. And I would be remiss if I didn't say also for black women, black women tend to get breast cancers earlier sometimes. So, you know, if you feel like something is wrong with your breast, know, know your breasts, know your body and know um, if something seems off because, you know, there, there are plenty of examples. I just even know personally of women who've gotten breast cancer um, in the black community less than 40. So, and don't take no for an answer. If a doctor says they're not going to do tests, you can go to another doctor. That's always your right. They'll take your insurance happily. Um, so that perimenopause, you know, perimenopausal period in the 40s to early 50s, the average age of menopause in America is 51. And so that can be, you can start having hot flashes. You can start having sleep disruptions. Um, you can, uh, you know, your period might be out of whack. You know, it might be here one day and then go on for three months and then come back. Um, you can always check in and see, you know, what's going on if that's kind of off for you. It's not until you've gone 12 whole months without a period that you actually are menopausal. So that perimenopausal period can drag on for years and that can be very annoying. Um, once you hit that, you know, that usually it's over 50, you know, most people don't go through menopause um, less than 50, but, you know, there are those who do. So I want to, you know, make, make it, you know, clear that you can go through sooner. At age 50, things to look out for are, um, you should, once you go through menopause, you should never have bleeding again. If you should, there's no like, oh, my period came back. Once you've been 12 months without a period, if you start bleeding again, run, not crawl, not walk, 
run to your OBGYN because you need to get a biopsy of your uterus to see if you have endometrial cancer. Um, that's the main way that endometrial cancer shows up is just is postmenopausal bleeding and it's something not to play with. I remember I was at like a funeral of some of a patient and one of the family members was just casually, you know, when you're the black OBGYN somewhere, people just tell you all their business. Like, yeah, girl, you know, I've been having bleeding and I went through menopause and I was like, ooh, you need to get an endometrial biopsy. And she was like, oh, really? I was like, that's serious. Get it done. A year later, somehow she called the hospital where I worked and asked to speak to me. And I happened to be on the floor. And she was like, I had individual cancer. You saved my life. Thank you. And so I'm telling this to, you, to anybody, because if you're anybody, you know, who says they have menopausal, postmenopausal bleeding, that is a reason to go right to the OBGYN to rule that out. Because endometrial cancer is luckily one of the, the cancers that is easy to cure because you don't need your uterus to live. So taking out your uterus will fix that cancer. Um, I have one more tidbit, sorry. Because I'm like, I have, a, I have a captive audience. Um, the other thing that happens at age 50 is you get a colonoscopy. And another thing, you know, we're finding more and more that Black patients actually do get colon cancer earlier as well. So really, the recommendation in the United States is that if you're 45 or above and are African-American, that is a reason to get your colonoscopy starting at age 45. There are guidelines that say that. So don't let anyone talk you out of it. You can get your colonoscopy and get it covered by insurance after 45. Colonoscopies are important because colon cancer is, you know, very common in our community and it, it comes from that diet. So when back to when I was talking about, you know, how you eat your vegetables and, you know, your body is a temple, you have to eat fiber. If you don't eat fiber, you will, you know, completely wreck your intestines. And so colon cancer is directly linked to diet. And you had talked about, um, Miss Joy, about uh, uh, back home, you know, in, in Africa, you know, do they have these issues? And so there was a really good study that was done a few years ago where they looked, they took African-Americans and they took South Africans and they, you know, looked, looked at their colonoscopy after their usual diet. And Americans, of course, had a really bad, you know, colonoscopy. Then they switched diets for two weeks or I think it was six weeks. They had the South Africans eat an African-American diet and the African-Americans eat a South African diet. And when they did the colonoscopy at the end of those six weeks, they actually had switched the way that their colons had looked. Really? Have carrots and the beta carotenes, all these different things that we were not taught. And it's not necessarily our fault. You know, you know, there are so many, there's a Netflix documentary right now called um, High on the Hog talking about the African-American diet and the things that we've taken from African culture. But that's when you have access to good foods. Once you kind of break down what you have access to, we live in food deserts here and don't have supermarkets, we don't have access to produce. You know, that's how we end up with these poor colonoscopy results and end up with colon cancer. You know, just look at, you know, Chadwick Boseman. He died of colon cancer at age 43. And um, the thing I would tell people is, you know, when you go to the supermarket, when you're shopping for food, your goal is to stay in the perimeter. This is the best advice someone gave me is you want to go to the produce section, the meat section, maybe the dairy section. And that's all on the, you know, the outside, the out, the, like the perimeter of the whole supermarket. Once you go into the middle aisles, then you're getting all the processed foods and those are not nearly as healthy. So you don't want to make, you want to make sure that when you look at your cart, most of your stuff is not from the middle of the, the supermarket, it's from the outside. And that's how you know you're doing it right. That was definitely a wisdom tip. And that's what we do on Life and Faith Chats. We look for things that will give us the life that God has for us. Thank you for sharing that. All right. Confession time. I like chocolate. Always have. 
couldn't even pronounce it as a child. I called it chocolate. And my father trained me to say my CHs with chocolate. So I like chocolate, chocolate chip cookies, brownies. I can't have any. I, well, you know what I mean. Help me, Dr. Joy. Ways to do snacks, you know, like, you know, there's ways to do it because chocolate is not all bad, but it's like all the dough that's in the chocolate chip cookie. Yeah. What what are you eating and how much, how often are you eating it? Because nothing is bad in moderation, but when you're doing it all the time, it's not good. So if a person has had a hysterectomy, should they continue to have pap smears? question okay that's a really good question so that's like a boring level question very good um so it depends it depends on why they actually got the paps i mean why they got the hysterectomy so if you got the hysterectomy for something related to a cancer or if you've had abnormal pap smears within 20 years of your of your hysterectomy then you do have to get added pap smears so um, that's, you know, there's different cervical cancer levels. And so some there is like, you know, you have to have very early cervical cancer to get a hysterectomy to cure it. Um, but that person would have, continue to have pap smears. Um, let's say you have fibroids and you got a hysterectomy, but you had an abnormal pap smear five years beforehand. You still have to get pap smears for up to 20 years afterwards to make sure that you're now in the clear to not have pap smears ever again. For this age group, are there any particular shots that are recommended, um, like the Shingrix for shingles? We recommend it. I mean, it's the shingle shot is new. You know, we didn't do it before, but they found a way to limit. Shingles is very painful. So if you can prevent it, that's definitely a reason to do it. What happens is that you have an immunity from shingles, usually when you're younger, from having a chicken pox. They're very related. So what happens is once you get older and your immune system has kind of aged and has gotten weaker, you're more susceptible to shingles. And so having that vaccine protects you, gives you that extra boost to protect you in your future, basically. Since I'm now in my legacy years, I am also wondering about the pneumonia shot. Is that something that is also recommended? Age related. Okay. It's just that your immune system is different. So, you know, you do get a pneumonia shot when you're a baby. And then, you know, the thing is, who who can't, the, the question of with vaccines on has, has something to do with age is who can't handle having pneumonia? You don't want to have pneumonia your age because your body is, it's harder for you to fight it. And same thing for children. So you guys are, you know, the, I don't want to call you elderly, but um, older patients, Thank more you. seasoned patients. Thank you. Uh, and, and babies and children are more vulnerable because their immune systems aren't as robust. And so that's who you want to protect from getting these diseases because you don't want to test. You don't want to find out that your immune system is, you know, failing based on, you know, oh, I got pneumonia and I had to fight hard. You don't want to end up in the ICU. So anything that will keep you from the ICU, take that vaccine. And that's, that goes for the COVID vaccine too. Places you don't want to be are the, the ICU. And so these vaccines are protecting you from having severe forms of, of infections and disease. Okay. And eat right. Right. And exercise will prevent most health issues. And people don't, you know, like the problem is that, you know, in medicine, because everyone's like, oh, I'm so shocked. That was the thing I was shocked to learn in medical school was that pretty much everything can be prevented by diet and exercise. And so the problem is everyone's like, oh, my doctor didn't tell me that, A, because it's an awkward conversation to have in America. You know, like I would love to be a doctor somewhere else where I don't have to talk about diet and exercise so much. But hey, here we are. But 
in addition to it's a hard conversation to have. It's one that I have gotten over and I just I have it with my own mother. Like I'm very like, you know, frank about it because no one's going to say that they didn't know they came in contact with me. But in addition to, you know, yes, you know, big pharma is there and we can give you medications. We can always give you medications. But the mainstay for pretty much any disease, hypertension, high cholesterol, diabetes, the thing is we're supposed to change our diets and exercise first. And then if those lifestyle changes don't happen, then we offer medications. What happens is we give people that homework and maybe we're not good at convincing them, but then they don't change their habits and then they end up on medications. And so, you know, there's always a way around medications, but the change starts with you and it starts with your actions and your choices. This has been so good. Thank you, Dr. Cooper and Air Hug. So proud of you. Thank you for all of the valuable information that you shared with us and thank you for the time. And of course, you know, you have to come back, please. Please tell us again about your organization or your startup? Ma'am. So Culture Care is a telemedicine startup, a page Black women with Black doctors so they can feel like they can really get the information that they need and make the decisions they need to and be convinced to live their best life. So that's really what we do. Um, it's through telemedicine. Yes, there's only, only three to five percent of all doctors are Black doctors. But if you use the internet, I don't necessarily need to physically be where you are. And I also, we do cash only so that you don't have to worry about if I'm in your network. We literally, the doctors on our service, um, put themselves in your network by just making themselves available based on cash. Share with us the information about how we can contact you if someone is interested in doing so. So on social media, I'm T-H-E-D-R-J-O-Y. Um, on Instagram and Twitter, I'm more of an Instagrammer. Website for culture care is ourculturecare.com. Thank you, Dr. Cooper, and bye for now. You're welcome. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you so much. I am so grateful that you chose to use your time to listen in, to learn, and to be informed about something that can inspire and instruct your life for the day and something that you can share with a friend or a family member. This is Life and Faith Chats with Joy. And please, on both platforms, please remember to subscribe so that you know when I upload a new episode. And also, like and leave a comment. Thank you. I am grateful that you joined me. I bet you thought I forgot. I didn't. Do come back. You hear? And... Peace.